Live from AAAAA, I locked my keys in my car while drunk. This is the award-winning stamp show here today, episode number 283, brought to you by the Southern Nevada Philatelic Research Center, a nonprofit 501c3 corporation for the advancement of philately. This is Tom. This is Cash. This is Scott. This is Mark. This is Albert. This is Becca. This is Jeff. Boy, were we in a hurry to do that. <laughs> <laughs> we would like to welcome new member Aaron H. from Haifa, Israel. Your membership certificate is in the mail. Aaron also writes... My biggest collecting challenge now is working on the Scott International album, Volume 1, also known as The Big Blue. I don't think I've heard you guys discuss this famous and still popular album, but there are a lot of collectors who find it to be a lifetime challenge. I have about 7,500 spaces filled in mine. I've gone through two feeder albums and was able to fill many spaces this way. My other copies include Ham Radio and Running Marathons. That's an eclectic set of hobbies. Yeah, that's... Uh, I like it. I have been listening to the podcast since episode number one. You have made great progress in the show's production quality, and I enjoy listening every week. Wishing you and all the other podcast hosts all the best. Episode one. Uh, my my sympathies go out to you. <laughs> well, his, his um, interests are, not, are sort of similar because... Filling a Scott a Scott number one is like is like doing a marathon. Oh yeah, yeah. An yeah. In international, yeah, yeah. I we have a friend named Lotar. Shout out to Lotar. Uh, he does exactly the same thing, and he doesn't have any blank pages. If it has a blank slot, he will fill it in with the set. But if the stamp isn't pictured, he doesn't collect it, and he is down. To, uh, I think he said about 1,500 missing stamps. And I just sent him off uh, 10 Roman states <laughs> stamps. He said, I don't care if they're the real ones or the fake ones. I just want to fill the slots. <laughs> and it's like, sure, I got those. I collect Roman states. And so uh, our shout out goes to you. Yes, absolutely. Um, Let's see, what can I say? I can say uh, interleaving is very important so that the stamps don't snag on each other on the opposite pages. And uh, it is that is truly a lifetime endeavor, which, you know, is very fun. And you would be shocked at how actually inexpensive it is. I mean, they're, given there are some expensive stamps in there, but... A lot of them, but uh, yeah, no, you can f you can fill a a whole lot of time and energy just with very affordable stamps. Oh yeah, well the other thing too is because and just to explain it, this is I think a three and a half inch thick binder, and uh, it's chock full of pages. So if you actually put all the stamps in your volume one will actually go to volume one, two, and three just from the thickness of the stamps. 
And Lotar, he collects uh, mostly mint because he hinges them in, although he does mount some. But the, uh, the hinge thickness along with the stamp thickness will turn a, like I said, a volume one into a volume many very quickly. So uh, let's see what I collected actually in a uh, junior international. And a junior international wasn't a binder. It was a bound book. And if you remember what that one is, it, it's the old hardbound book. You still see them around. And it doesn't take very many stamps to make that thing bulging and unwieldy. So uh, they fell apart really, really quick as soon as you got more than a couple thousand stamps in it. And getting a couple thousand stamps in one of those is actually pretty easy. When was the uh, when was the Blue International introduced? Then I believe it was the nineteen thirties. That's a Junior International. I think the International was introduced a lot earlier. Oh, probably. Well, yeah, because the Junior would have been a smaller version of the International. Yeah. Yeah, and you had to wait till they got too many stamps. Because I think it was in the eighteen nineties. No, I mean the earliest, the earliest one I've seen is maybe like eighteen ninety six. Because the Blue Internationals are still revered even, you know, when auction, you know, you go to an auction and you're auctioning off Blue Internationals, it garners special attention. I'm just wondering why there isn't a modern issue, you know, Scott hasn't come up with a modern issue album set that, that gets the same kind of popularity. Well, because well, they do the International and then they just issue the uh, supplements oh, each the, year. Right. Or are you talking about like the individual countries or? Right. And they don't issue every single stamp also. They well, have a... Well, another thing is the international is laid out in sections so that the first book is, is like the first hundred years and then the next book is like a decade. Yeah. And they, they keep getting smaller until you get all the way down to the modern stuff where I think it's only a couple of years in the book. So you can actually collect up to a certain date and, and then that will essentially limit your volumes that way but you get the whole world in those dates well i just put on ebay a uh i had a lidner hingeless for germany and it included ddr and the or the occupations and everything from not including the states it didn't have any states pages but from germany number one to i think like about 1945 was in the first volume and this was 12 volumes <laughs> you know <laughs> yeah. ddr is the same thing you know the first volume out of the six volumes was like i don't know the first 25 years and the next 25 years is five more volumes yeah well they, they got greedy <laughs> well all the stamps did or yeah. excuse me all the stamp issuing company or countries, countries yeah, did i know I mean, I can see Hungary being, you know, 25 pages, <laughs> and then all of a sudden they explode where, you know, you have 25 pages for each six months after that. You know, they, they were a stamp-issuing machine. But, yeah, that's an interesting one. I, I wonder uh, where number one ends, what year. I wonder if it uh, corresponds to the Scott's catalog and like ends at 1939. 
Well, good luck on your marathon endeavor there. Actually, I think, you know, I, th- I think I recall it ends at 1940. And then... Uh, because I have an old international that I, every once in a while I'll grab a volume and start ripping it up into countries. And uh, I seem to recall that 1940 to 1950 is the next book. Mm. Well, 1940 is, uh, for us Westerners, uh, is a good cutoff point because, you know, that's World War II. Well, 1940 is also the 100th anniversary of the first postage stamp issued by Britain, yeah. which is considered the world's first postage postage stamp by a country. But, um, I mean, there's many other stamps that were issued before that. We also received a letter from Stamp Show Here Today member and longtime friend Marcel from the Netherlands. And Marcel writes, Due to the move, I am a bit behind on listening to the shows. I usually listen to you guys when working on my collection, but that is currently stored away for the move, and I hope I will catch up soon. Yesterday, we celebrated the 50th anniversary of the USCA, which is the U.S. and Canada Philatelic, Philatelic Association in the Netherlands. A shout-out would be nice. We have, a, we have 180 members, of which one is still a member for all 50 years. Uh, it contains a few study ex- studies... It contains a few studies and expos in English for everyone to enjoy, including one of my visit to you guys almost four years ago. And their website, for anyone who wants to check it out, is www.usca.nl. So definitely a shout-out to Marcel and the Philatelic Association in the Netherlands. Yeah. Yeah, let's give them a shout-out. I just did. Oh. (laughs) So there's two. Excellent shouting. Hey, Marcel. And also in more breaking news, starting January, t- starting January 1st, 2021, eBay will be legally required to begin collecting and remitting value-added tax for consignments, shipping of goods, <coughs> imported into the UK with a value of up to 135 pounds eBay will charge buyers the applicable VAT amount directly and remits this sum to the UK tax authorities. Oh, yay. U.S. sellers who create listings on the UK or any EU site and who trade with UK buyers will need to provide both gross price, i.e. the item price including VAT, as well as the applicable VAT rate used to calculate the gross price on all listings. If sellers do not specify gross price and VAT rate, which I won't, (laughs) or if sellers specify a VAT rate of 0%, eBay will assume that the price provided is the net price, i.e. the price excluding VAT, and eBay will calculate the gross price that is displayed to buyers. Yeah, which is, (laughs) I'm not going to be able to calculate it, so I'm just going to sell it, and then they do the same thing like they do with sales tax. We strongly urge sellers listing on ebay.co.uk or any EU site to update their existing listings to include applicable VAT rates as soon as possible. All new listings should include a VAT rate. You will find the field for the VAT rate beside the price when you create or edit listings. 
What you need to know. Starting January 1st, 2021, eBay will start to collect and remit VAT for UK imports on all consignments with a value of up to 135 pounds. There will no longer be a VAT exception for small consignments up to 15 pounds. In cases where the seller is a non-UK business and the goods are already in the UK, eBay will collect and remit VAT for goods sold to consumers within the UK, regardless of their value. Sellers should begin listing the applicable VAT rates on all their existing and new listings as soon as possible. Starting March 1st, 2021, a VAT rate will also be required on all EU sites when listing items. To see the latest information on the upcoming changes, please visit the UK Seller Center 2021 VAT changes with a very, very, very long email uh, web address that I'm not going to read. <laughs> P.S. This email is not intended as tax or legal advice. We recommend that you seek independent tax or legal advice to ensure compliance with state laws and applicable laws and regulations. The end. So there, that. Well, Jeez. eBay is already collecting, you know, the sales tax. So obviously England said, hey, while you're collecting sales tax, can you also collect our taxes for us? Right. So the, the tax is collected for items up to 135 pounds in value? Yeah, I guess so. Yeah. Because if it's over 135 pounds, then they don't collect the tax? I think you have to go through customs at that point. Oh, and okay. then the customs house, you know, even if when you fill out your customs form, mm -hmm. then they will charge it. So this is eBay instead of the customs house collecting the money. Starting July 1st, 2021, they're going to start collecting a small piece of your soul. Yeah. Mm. <laughs> well, I sell a lot of British stamps, so that's, uh, that's going to affect me. Well, You send a lot of stuff to Britain? Oh, yeah. Uh, I send a lot of stuff to Europe. And it's, uh, that's... Well, they mentioned March going to be the entire EU. Yeah. It's, it's going to be tough because, you know, when a, per a person wants to pay a certain amount for a stamp, and they want to pay 20 bucks for this stamp, well, they don't in their head go 20 bucks. oh, plus VAT. They go 20 bucks, And so if VAT is going to be 15%, they're not going to give you 20 bucks now. They're going to give you uh, 14, what, $16, $15, whatever the math is. And uh, the sales prices are just going to go down. I yeah. mean, we see that it's at like auction. buying at an auction house, yeah. Yeah. You want to buy something for $1,000, you bid 800 because you know you're going to have to pay 18% to the house. This isn't, you know, them collecting money and nobody is damaged by it. So do you get to ask eBay for proof that they actually submitted all that money to a foreign government? To the foreign <laughs> government so that you know that's actually where your money went? Oh, that I'm... they're not actually, you know, charging four bucks and here's two bucks for the VAT and two bucks for us? Well, I guarantee you, guarantee 100% that eBay is being paid by the EU to collect this tax. Well, just like any any tax, you know, when you collect sales tax as a business, you get a certain portion just yeah. for the fact that that of your accounting of it. Yeah, uh, I'll. I don't know what agreement they struck, but if they struck just a normal agreement, uh, out of all the sales tax, they'll get a quarter of a percent. So you know, if it's a three percent sales tax, the 
state gets 2.75 and uh, eBay gets a quarter, and that's I don't know anybody who only has a three percent sales tax. So I'm wondering if this is going to promote smaller sites to come up um, that um, that are too small to garner the attention of these um, international and national tax collecting authorities. Oh, I would guarantee it. I mean, we uh, do, see that already with hip stamp. Does a, does a site like Del Camp charge uh, VAT? I'd be surprised if they don't. No, I'd be actually surprised if they do. Yeah, because it's a tremendous pain in the neck. Yeah. And then the other thing that my, the other question I have is England Brexit's supposed to happen um, the first within the first month of next year, I believe. Yeah. So I wonder how that if that's affecting anything. Well, England has a VAT and the EU has a VACT, so it's just different rates, I'm sure. When I used to go to England for for uh, um, for trade shows, I would always do a, do some sort of an application on the way out to get back my, the VAT yeah. I might have paid at at other shows, and I would have to have my receipts and everything, and I'd have this stack of stuff and have to give it to them right on basically just before I got on the plane. Well, I used to collect Italy, well, like I like I just mentioned a while ago. Uh, I collected uh, Roman states. I actually collected all of Italy, and I used to participate in Italian auctions. And it was incredibly difficult for me to compete in the United States because there was a 15% VAT. And so all my rates or all my bids had to be reduced 15%. And the people who were there were refunded their VAT if they filed the paperwork. So you had the dealers who were basically able to bid 15% less because they had, you know, tax accountants. And uh, this is going to, this stuff affects the stamp market. It affects it directly and uh, fairly significantly. Now I bought, now I purchased about, uh, I purchased about $7,500 or $8,000 worth of stuff partially for myself and partially for a client at Cornfia in September, but I wasn't charged anything. So I'm, because it is being exported, it's being FedExed. Yes, except that, well, that could be the way, but what country was that in? Switzerland. Uh, Switzerland is not part of the the EU. EU. Not part of the EU, right. (laughs) That's why I was wondering, yeah. Yeah, Swiss uh they they have a history of not cooperating with the west rest of Europe but the uh yeah there's as a matter of fact Switzerland it's interesting because they were talking about uh with the anniversary of everything coming up for them and for World War 1 and for World War 2 um Switzerland was going to be invaded by the Germans I never knew that and Literally, nobody knows why Hitler didn't invade. And uh, so Switzerland stayed neutral, just like at the very last moment. My understanding is why Switzerland wasn't invaded with two reasons. One is the Swiss were going to put up a very tough fight because they they have always been a well-armed country. And... um, a number of armaments companies are based out of uh, out of neutral countries like Sweden and Switzerland. 
And the second reason is is that um, a lot of the a lot of the um, Swiss a lot of the uh, the ability to talk with an enemy country takes place because you have a country like Switzerland, and you so you you know the um, uh, that was that was the other consideration. I think that one was more significant than being scared of the people you know fighting back. Some of the negotiations with the English, I mean, the Germans wanted the English to surrender um, or to actually, they were going to not touch the empire. They just said, well, we're, we're going to, you're going to, before the Battle of Britain started, they, they actually approached England and, and some of those negotiations took place in Switzerland. Yeah, I, I collect Swiss stamps too, so I'm, I'm, I'm fascinated by Swiss history. Like, uh, what's the capital of Switzerland? Burn. Anybody else? Switzerland doesn't have a capital. <laughs> and uh, Bern is just where they happen to meet their uh, parliament. Uh, it's a very, very interesting confederation with incredibly interesting history going back to the uh, Holy Roman Empire. So each canton has its own little capital. Yeah. That's true. And uh, how the cantons got together in the cantonal whole process and uh why swiss stamp number one isn't actually swiss stamp number one it's incredibly interesting going all the way back to the swiss mercenaries how uh switzerland formed and it's just remarkable it's it's a history that if if you haven't exposed yourself to it uh, watch a couple of YouTubes or something, you'll go, wow, how the hell did that happen? <laughs> Very interesting. Anyway, back to taxes. Uh, we, I have been seeing a large increase in the sales on hip stamp specifically for the tax reasons. How about you, Mark? Have you seen much? Uh, my hip stamp sales have remained pretty steady, but um, I do notice a lot more large purchases on hip stamp. Yeah. So we'll see what happens to the uh, British market now. And just so you know, earlier you were correct. The Scott International album is 1840 to 1940. Ah, so 100 years. Does it, does it by any chance have how many pages are in it? Complete coverage from Aden to Zululand in 1,139 pages, which are double-sided for a total of 2,278. There that, you go. Is that specific enough for you? That's <laughs> So, yeah, a lot of pages. Well, congratulations, Aaron, on your uh, endeavor. And I wish you well, and uh, I hope you have a dust cover. That's the one thing that I wanted to comment on. The coolest thing about the uh, Scots International is because it has dust covers. It has a really nice album with dust covers. Oh, the jacket, the boxes that they fit yeah, into. Yeah, the box that it slips into. All right, and it's uh, and it's and it has a cut on the inside, so it's easy to pull the. Yeah, it's got like a triangular cut. Yeah, yeah, because yeah, most other dust covers they're all square, and you have to like, you know, force the album out of the <laughs> out of the dust cover. Well, once you start filling it, right. And a sincere congratulations to uh, Marcel's club for 50 years. Yeah. That's impressive. Yeah. Especially the one member who's been there for all 50 years. That's pretty cool. He's a spring chicken. 
a very old spring chicken. <laughs> like I'm thinking we like have plenty autumn, of time like to talk chicken. about uh, postal stationary colors. Oh, uh, you think maybe we do? Yeah. I don't know uh, what time That's is funny. it. That's funny. We, we Can thought, we start we with thought... white? <laughs> <laughs> funny. There's actually no mention of it in the script today. <laughs> Sorry. Well, if it was in the script, we'd talk about it. Well, we need your help. Someone talk about postal stationery. <laughs> <laughs> Nothing on the internet is free, including our phone and internet connections. You can support the podcast by joining the Stamp Show Here Today Club. The cost is $10 for a lifetime membership. Please include your APS number if you are a member, as we are an APS-affiliated club. Your support is greatly appreciated. Our address is P.O. Box 539-309, Henderson, Nevada, 89053. You have been listening to Stamp Show here today, episode number 283. This was Tom. This was Cash. This was Scott. This was Mark. This was Albert. This was Becca. This is Jeff. You have been listening to Stamp Show here today, seeking to advance all levels of the stamp collecting hobby through news, information, and collecting advice. Visit us at stampshowheretoday.com to listen to the show, view images of the items we are talking about, and read the show notes. You can also continue the conversation on Facebook at Stamp Show Here Today and on Twitter at Stamp Show HT. If you have questions or comments about the show or have any topics you would like us to discuss, you can email us at stampshowheretoday at gmail.com. Thanks for listening, and as always, keep collecting. Stamp collecting happens when we dream together.